Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's up, Revo? I know there's two types of people in the room right now. There are people that love to give gifts, and there are people that love to receive gifts. Okay, this is audience participation time. It's a big opportunity for you. Raise your hand if you like to receive gifts, right? Okay, like you just love, okay, listen, look around. Listen, if your husband is in here right now, fellas, let me talk to you right now. If your wife just raised her hand, that's a sign, okay? She did not raise her hand to tell me that she loves to receive gifts. She raised her hand to tell you that she loves to receive gifts. So capitalize on it, make a note of it, make it happen today. You'll thank me later. Sometimes we like to, I'm more of the gift giving type of guy. Like I love to think about something and and look for it and, and, and especially if it's a gift that they really wanted, that's really cool to be able to give somebody a gift. But, um, you know, uh, the way that people unwrap presents has always intrigued me. There's a lot of different ways to unwrap uh, presents. Some people are uh, like my grandmother. Um, they, her name's Mom 2. I'll call her Mom number 2. Mom 2. Uh, Mom 2, this is how she opens up a present. When she opens up a present, the first thing she says is, oh, we can keep this bow. <laughs> we can reuse this bow. We got any people like that to reuse the bow? You've been using the same bow for 10 years now in every present. Like, keep that bow. Don't throw that. Don't tear that up. And then when she opens up the gift, she runs her fingers like down the seams and just pops the tape, right? So that if you wanted to rewrap it and open it up again, you could do that. And I don't know, that's just how she is. They want to keep the bag. Like if you got a bag, they're like, keep that bag. And that tissue paper to send a bag, we can reuse that. Like your birthday's coming up, isn't it? I need that bag and that tissue. That's, that's how sometimes we unwrap it. Now, other unwrappers are like uh, my kids, Maybe like your kids, if you have kids, or maybe like you were when you were growing up. I think they like to unwrap more than they like the present itself. Um, so we go down on Christmas Day, and there's piles of presents, and wrapped them all up, and, and they just start tearing through it. Like they tear open the wrapping paper. They look at the gift for like two seconds, throw it, give me the next one. Tear it open, oh, man, tear it open, like give me the next one. Just like tear it open, and, and, and like Elizabeth and I, we're, we're kind of in panic mode because we don't know who gave them what, and they're just, we want to thank them for it, and we want to make sure that no presents get lost in the pile of paper and so we're like slow down who is that from what did you get like they don't even care they just just blitzing through it that's how that's how they unwrap it and then finally uh there's a a, a methodical present unwrapper uh that would be that would be me i will take a a, a gift and uh <clears throat> I, before i open it there's a lot to know about this gift before i open it i'm gonna look at it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake it a little bit. I wanna, like, I'm going to see if I can guess it. My goal is to guess it before I open it up. Like When I open it up, I'm like, yep, just what I thought. So I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm smelling it. There could be coffee in here or something that you can smell through the box. I'm smelling it. I'm thinking to myself, what is on my list that could fit in this box? What did I ask for that could fit in here? Because I'm narrowing it down. Like This is not a pair of shoes. This is... This is not a big present that I asked for because this is a small box. What is this? And I want to know the story behind it, right? I'm going to ask you. I'm like, now, did I ask for this? Did you just see this and you thought of me? How long? Did you get this offline? What? 
like, tell me the story behind it, and, and that's how I want to know. Like, it takes me forever to open up gifts, and, and so I'm going to finally make a call. Like, I got so bad at this. My mom, when she wraps gifts, she will wrap it in a box that it did not come in just because she knows. Like, she's trying to throw a, a curveball in there, so I'll open it up. Well, obviously, this is a shoebox. I'll open it up, and it'll be like a book. And uh, so she likes to switch it up every now and then. Like, that's how I am. I'm a methodical. I want to calculate it out. I want to try to guess it before I actually open it up. And so there's a a lot of different unwrappers uh, in in here. And we're going to talk this week uh, about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. I don't know if you know this, but the Holy Ghost is a gift giver. And uh, we're going to talk about that. In fact, Paul mentions three chapters in the book of 1 Corinthians. He talks about gifts of the Holy Spirit. These gifts, these passions, abilities, um, special abilities that, that, that you may have, talents that you may have that God has, in fact, given you. You may not even know that. You may think, well, I just I worked hard for it, or this is just a natural ability that I have. But uh, Scripture says that if you're a follower of Jesus in here, you have a gift. And this is a gift, a passion, a desire, something that God has equipped you with and that you're good at, um, that you have in your your arsenal of gifts and and in your life. And so we're going to talk about that today. But a few things may be running through your mind right now. Uh, Maybe you don't don't believe in spiritual gifts. Maybe you're like, spiritual gifts, that's that's weird. What, what is that? Maybe you're thinking, what is my spiritual gift? Do I, do I have one? Does, uh, I mean, is it, is it at work? Is it at home? Is it, like, what is it? Maybe you're thinking, like, I've got so many spiritual gifts, it's hard to calculate them all. And uh, so what, what is it? And so the questions that we ask uh, are often asked uh, in Scripture, even by the church in Corinth. Like, so the things that are running through our minds are not new. Uh, it's something that, that even the church in Corinth was asking about. And they even wrote to the Apostle Paul. They wrote him a letter and said, next time you write us a letter, we got some questions. One of them is about the gifts of the Spirit. What's the deal with the gifts from the ghost? What, what are they? Do we have them? Like, what are we supposed to do with them? Uh, is, is it right or wrong? Or like, tell, tell us about it. And so the normal questions that the, fa- that the church faced today, same questions they had. In fact, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul starts out these three chapters on the Holy Ghost and the spiritual gifts, he says this, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brother and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So remember that phrase when he says, now about, that's because the church in Corinth asked Paul, tell us about these gifts. Tell us the rules, the parameters. We've heard some things. Some people may have some gifts amongst us. How are we supposed to use those? Answer those questions. And so Paul takes three chapters at the book of 1 Corinthians to answer some of those. And here's what I want to do. I've got, I've got five gifts this morning that I want to tell you about. Five gifts that I think Paul uses to illustrate what these spiritual gifts are. And maybe these are some questions that you have, some thoughts that are running through your head, maybe even an opportunity to kind of debunk some myths in your mind about spiritual gifts. So I want to use these five gifts to, to maybe shed some light on this idea. So here's the first thing that Paul says once he kind of introduces the chapter on spiritual gifts. In verse 7, he kind of gives us some insight into the first gift. He says, Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He starts it out by saying, For each one. The first gift that I, I brought up here today is a card. So this is, this is the first gift that maybe you think you have and maybe you think that Paul is describing here. Now, this card right here, when it comes to gift giving, this can either be really, really, really good 
or really, really, really bad, okay? Let me tell you how this is really, really, really good. When you open this up and somebody put a $100 bill in here, that's a good gift. If you open this up and there's a check in there, a fat check, that's a good gift. When you open this up and there's a gift card to your favorite restaurant in there, that's a good gift. Thank you. Now, let me debunk some things because some people believe this is not a good gift. Some people believe that sliding cash into an envelope instead of actually going out and spending time and being thoughtful and picking out a gift, like you didn't show any effort with this cash. You did not. Sh- you were so thoughtless with this cash, you should have bought a gift. Can I tell you something? You guys can be thoughtless with me anytime you want. Anyt- I will celebrate your lack of effort if you ever give me a gift with a gift card. I mean, that's the be- to me, that's the best kind. You just buy whatever you want. I don't have to worry about, do I take it back, or is it the wrong size? Like, $100 bill is always the right size. Every time I've got it, it's the right color, right size. Always fits. But some people, this could be very, very bad. Because sometimes you get a card, you got a name written on the front of it, you're like, great, I know this person that gave it to me. We're good friends, we're close. This is going to be really good. Maybe, maybe Outback, maybe a $100 bill, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a check with a bunch of zeros on it. And, and sometimes you open up this card and, uh, you know, you, 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 under obligation you have to read it. You can't just open it and flip open just to see. And then you flip open you're like, or is, <clears throat> is uh, nothing, nothing in, uh, there's nothing in here. And this becomes like the worst gift of all time. Because some people give you a gift and they give you a card because the occasion, your birthday, your anniversary, or whatever, it is important enough for them to acknowledge but you are not important enough for them to give you a gift. And if there's one thing worse than not getting a gift, it's getting a card to remind you that they did not give you a gift. (laughs) That's the absolute... (laughs) Just remember, uh, we don't love you that much. (laughs) Uh, But here's a gift, because we love you a little bit, right? Here's what happens sometimes when we look at our spiritual gift. There's some Christians in here that are opening up their card, and they're like, wait... There's no, there's no gift. God, did you, did you skip me? Did you, did you forget to put something? Is there a second part to this gift? Because it doesn't, I opened it up and there's no gift in here. See, some people believe they don't have a spiritual gift. I have not been given a gift. Maybe I'm in the waiting line. Maybe um, I'm, I'm next. Or maybe God ran out of gifts and he went to the store to get some more and then he's going to give it to me. And that's, that's fine. I'm just waiting my turn. Some people really believe their spiritual life is an empty card. And it was like, God, acknowledge it. I know you're there. I'm not going to give you anything. There's no gift. You don't have any talents or abilities. There's nothing in your life that I can actually use to impact other people. And, and this is how we live our life. Like, we just, like, really, God? That's, there's no gift in here. I, 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 guess, I guess there's just nothing for me. But I love what Paul says here in verse 7. He, he even begins it with, to each one is given a gift. Every person has a gift. There's not a single follower of Jesus in here that does not have a gift. There are no empty envelopes and empty cards. He doesn't say to the majority of ones, to the really talented ones, to about half of you ones, to all like 99. There may be a few people in here that don't have one, but I'm pretty sure everybody has one. So like, we'll just say 99.9%. No, he says to each 
One, every single follower of Jesus has a gift that the Holy Spirit has given. So Paul just says, hey, there may be some people out here that think, like, this, I'm exempt from this, this doesn't apply to me. Like, I'm, he's talking to somebody else about using their gift because I don't have a gift. Paul's going to make it very clear. This is not an empty envelope. God did not forget to put a fat check in your life to, to, to supply you with a gift. Every single one of us has a gift. The second gift is actually in, in the very same verse. Let me, let me read it again. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. I, I, I hate to say this, but there are people in, in the room right now that have a, a spiritual gift that God has given, but much like this present, it's unwrapped. It's unopened. Some have gifts, you have talents, but you're just not using them. Or, here's what, here's what Scripture often says, we will take the talents and the gifts that God has given us and we will use them at work. We will use our talents and passions at school. We will use them with our finances to make a lot of money. We'll use them in our relationships, you know, to get married or, or to meet new people or have connections. And here's what happens. We take the gift that God has given us and we unwrap it in every area of our life except what Paul says is for the common good. We will use our gifts to help us, but not to help other people. We'll use our gifts in every area of our life, but when we show up to church, it's unopened. Like, God, I know I got some talents and abilities, and I know I used them at work. I know I used them in the community. I know I used them in various areas of my life. But on Sunday, I'm not going to use my talents and gifts in the church. I'm not going to use them so that more people can know Jesus. It's unwrapped. And we know we have a gift because we're using it. We know there's some talents. We know we're good at some stuff. But when it comes to using it to tell other people about Jesus or to help them take their next step in their relationship with Jesus, I'm afraid that there are a lot of people just kind of standing there with their unwrapped or their wrapped up, unopened spiritual gift. And Paul makes it very clear, like the gift that God gives us, every one of us has it, it's for the common good, to help others. Uh, recently, uh, for, for Christmas, I got a, uh, what, what my girls call a daddy chair. I don't know if you have a daddy chair in your den, but it was a big leather recliner, really soft, really nice. It's, and, and here's what my girls told me. When, when I got that one Christmas, uh, when I, like, we walk into the, to the den, and there's this huge, nice, squishy leather recliner, and my girls run in and say, Look, Dad, it's a present to share. Because here's what they know. They know if I get a chair, they're going to get to sit in it. They know when I sit in it, they're going to climb up in it. And they're going to they're gonna want to recline it and rock and sit sideways and upside downwards and backwards and put the little, the little footrest up. And like they know it. They, they know that if I get a gift like a, a daddy chair, that means they get to sit in it. They get to play on it. And so we, we have this phrase at, at, at holidays. We say, oh, well, that's a gift to share. All right. Here's the problem. Nobody likes a gift to share. If you're going to give me a gift, give me a gift. Don't give my daughters a gift. Give me a gift. I mean, we're trained in our culture that when you get a gift, it's for you. Whatever you want to do with it, if you want to blow it, if you want to spend it, if you want to use it, like however you want to, this is your gift. We even have tags at Christmas to say, to you from me, right? This is to you. This is your gift. You do whatever you want with it. And sometimes we treat spiritual gifts like that. 
We say, this talent, this ability, this passion, this set of skills that God has given me, this is my gift. I'm not using it for you. I'm not using it for God. I'm using it for me. My wealth, my fame, my career, my advancement, my comfort, all of that. And and here's, here's what Paul says. God gives us those spiritual gifts and use them in every area of your life. That's great. But don't leave it unopened here. Don't allow God to to put you in a position where you can use this to further his name and to help other people and and serve others. And you say, no, this is my gift. It's got my name on it. It's my skills. I'm going to use it at work to make money or I'm going to use it at at home to make connections or to to however it can help me, I'm going to use it. But don't ask me to, to use it anywhere else. Don't ask me to do it for the common good. Paul says, every person has a gift and all of those gifts are given for the common good. I think the church was struggling with this in, in, in Romans chapter 12, which is kind of the parallel to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul gives us an idea on, on why I think the church struggles with it then and why the church struggles with it now. There's a reason why so many people are using their gifts in every area of life and not using them in the setting of the local church or for the sake of the gospel. And it's, it happens right here in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. Paul says, you want to to know what the problem is? You only think about yourself. You're using your gifts for you and for your benefit and for your help and your advancement because that's all you ever think about. But a spiritual gift is actually opposite. A spiritual gift is designed to not just help you, but to help others. It's for the benefit for for the common good. Because here's why God actually gave you that gift. Not only to provide for you or to allow you to have certain things. I, I get it. Like Use your gifts however you want to in whatever world you want to. But ultimately, God gave you and I gifts to show other people who he is. God gave us gifts and talents and passions so that other people can come into a relationship with Jesus. So are you using your gift in that way? Or when God calls you to use it, you say, oh, sorry, unwrap. No, it's, it's wrapped up. Sorry, I have not opened it yet. I'm, I'm saving it. I'm going to use it for something else. Every one of us has a gift, and Paul says, every one of us has a gift to use for the common good. Third gift is in, uh, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we, we read this in, in verse 8. He begins to list some of the gifts that we have. T- to one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, right? So some people are wise. That's their spiritual gift. They're just wise counsel, wise people. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Like it's people that are just smart, right? They'll, they'll help you with your life, with your relationships, with your budget, with getting a job and connecting with people. They're just, they're just smart. So some people have that gift, verse 9. To another, faith. By the same spirit. You ever met somebody that's just like a man or a woman of great faith? Like they just believe no matter how high or how low life gets, they just have a gift of faith to trust and believe in God no matter what happens. There, there's one gift. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. 
So he gives this list. I'm going to give you a heads up. Next week, we're going to talk about those four gifts. We're going to talk about healing, miracles, prophecy, and speaking in tongues. I may try to do all four of them during the service, so you should come back and test it out. I'm going to call that sermon, Gifts That Freak People Out. Uh, So (laughs) don't miss next week. Bring a friend. So he lists these things. He lists like teacher, leader, right? The worship leader, the guy that gets to preach, the, the, big, the healer. Come on, man. That'd be a cool gift, right? That'd be a cool gift. Miracle worker? Come on. If we just came in here and there was one sandwich and you prayed over it and then everybody had a sandwich, come on. That's a good gift, right? That's a, thank you, Jesus. That was cool. Speaking in tongues, all that. Like, those are cool gifts. But he, here's the third gift that we have. Um, this symbolizes a gift. This person knows they have a gift, and um, they, they read that list, and they're like, leadership, 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 please, please, prophecy, maybe, miracles, please, 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 please. We open up our gift, and oh, oh, Christmas underwear with bells on it. Thanks, Jesus. Sometimes our list is not like on the, the cool list. It's not on the flashy list. And, and here's what some people, they, they open up their gift and, and they're like, hey, God, oh, whew, receipt. Thank you, praise God. Praise God, because I'm, I'm taking this back. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the thought behind this, but can I take this back? Is there any more preaching gifts? Can we exchange that? I will even pay the difference between whatever this is and the cool gift. Can we do miracles? I will take miracles, even if they're small miracles. Here's a receipt. And we look at God and we're like, can I, can I take this back? And this isn't a cool gift. Maybe you know your gift. And it's, it's not flashy. It's not cool. It's not a gift that, that gets a lot of attention. It's not a gift that a lot of people are patting you on the back over and and like you want to redo, you want the receipt. Like God, here I'm. No, here, here you shouldn't have. Really, should not have. I'm gonna give you this back, and I'm gonna take this back, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade it in. And sometimes that can happen when we read cool gifts like miracles and preaching and sing. Can I can I change my gift in for like Grace's voice gift? Like can I have that one or? The, 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 the guy that gets to be on stage, can I have that one? Or, like, that gift sounds really cool. He can talk or in front of it. Like, can I just, I don't, want, I don't want the boxers, man. Come on. Can I trade those in? Can, can I exchange it? So even after that list, some of you may, may be sitting here thinking, yeah, I got a gift, and I don't want it. <laughs> and I'm not going to eat. Nobody's ever going to see me wearing that gift. I'm not going to put that on. And so, God, until you can give me a cooler gift, I'm good. I'm just going to lay low. I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to observe. And, uh, man, God, you gotta, you got to figure this out. So if you want one of those other gifts, you can come back next week, and we'll talk about all the miracles and stuff. But sometimes that's, that's what we want. God, I want a refund. Don't want that one. And so we feel left out, or we just wait until God does something else. Here's, here's the fourth gift that he gives. Jump down to verse 18. But, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 
Sometimes in Scripture, uh, the church is called a, a body, and all the members are parts. So like we're a team here, and we have a bunch of different team players. They do different things, just like a team does, right? So he says a lot of, a lot of different members on, on one single team. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, listen to this, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Here's the the fourth gift. A lot of people in the room, I believe a lot of people in the room actually have this gift. Um, This is the small gift. We think it's small. We, we think this is insignificant. This gift right here, I grew up in a house full of boys. And so this, group, this gift right here is the worst possible gift that you could have. No boys run down on Christmas with a bunch of these under the tree and we're like, yes, small boxes. No, we want big stuff. Like we want the big basketball goals or balls or what, whatever it is. Like nothing that a little boy wants comes in this box. Here's what happened though. Here's what changed my mind. When I married Elizabeth, I went to Christmas for the first time at her house. And we come down the stairs, and all the, like, there's a ton of these under the Christmas tree. When boys look at this, we think, nothing in there I want. When girls look at this, totally different. <laughs> because they know what comes in small boxes. In fact, when, when, a, when a gift gets held up at Elizabeth's house like, like this, like all the girls, they almost say it in unison. Her mom, her and her sister, ooh, good things come in small boxes. Because growing up, these are the boxes that their dad gave them that had a string of pearls inside of it. These were the size boxes that had diamond earrings in it. These were the boxes that had gold necklaces with pendants with all kind of birthstones and jewels and everything. Like, if you saw this, you hit the jackpot. This was the best gift ever. And so it kind of changed my thinking on this because a lot of people think, oh man, I know what my gift is, and it seems small, and it seems insignificant, and nobody cares about this gift. Nobody wants this gift. And we view it as this little box. But a change in thinking is going to help you understand the, the best stuff comes in the little boxes. You don't know what you're missing out. This is the good stuff. This is expensive. These are the things of great value. Once you open up one of these little boxes, you will always love to open up one of these little boxes. That's just how it works. And the reason why I want to share that is because I believe that probably 95% of the people in this room, this is your gift. You're not a preacher, you're not an evangelist, you're not a worship leader, you, maybe you're not a leader of much at anything at all, and you may be thinking, oh, this, I don't want this one, like, trade this in for a bigger one. Nobody wants the little box. But Paul says, look, even some of the, what, what you may think are some of the weaker, less significant, less important boxes, Scripture says, man, those are the ones of great value. Those are when it, Can I just tell you this? These are the gifts that change the world. Not my gift. Preaching on a Sunday, that doesn't change the world. Leadership, that doesn't change the world. It's people like you and me that move past Sunday and we exercise our gifts, our small, what everyone else may seem is small and insignificant, but what God says, I gave you this gift on purpose and these are the gifts that change the world. This is how we're going to do it. This is how his name is going to be made famous. Not by some guy on a stage talking 30 minutes a week. 
It's about people like you and me that are willing to go out into wherever we live, work, play, eat, study, and shop and take the gift that God has given us and use it. Help other people know Jesus. Help other people follow him. So don't look at your gift this morning as insignificant. Don't look at it as small. Don't look at it as nobody cares about this. It doesn't matter. It's never going to make an impact. Paul says each part of the body doesn't look at the other one and say, ah, since you're not an eye, you're not important. Since you're not the brain or the mouth, you're not, you're not important. There are many different parts of the body, and I know sometimes, I get it. Sometimes you look at God and you're like, God, what's my gift? And it feels like you are the spleen. <laughs> feels like the part of the body that you are is the spleen, and you're like, it can't. It, like, can't you take the spleen out and still live? Like, what, what am I doing? And God's like, okay, if you don't want to be the spleen, you can be the colon. That's open still. And you're like, no, nah, I'll take the spleen. The spleen's great. <laughs> Just use it. Just be the spleen, man. Just, moral of the story, you don't want to be the colon. Be the spleen. Embrace it. <laughs> little gifts, man. You, little parts of the body are just as important, just as significant, just as meaningful to God. I mean, if, if it weren't for you, we couldn't do what we do. The church is a lot of different body parts all working together to form one thing. Your gift is just as important as as everyone else. In fact, I believe that the small gifts are the ones that God uses to change the world. So you may be saying, okay, so what is small gift? All right, we got the the big gifts. I saw the list of all all those things that that everybody likes and that are the most well-known. What are the small gifts? Back in Romans chapter 12, Paul gives us the small gifts. Hone in on this because, again, I think 95% of the people in here, this is you. This, this is your gift. Here's what he says, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Okay, so he starts it out with a big gift, but check out verse 7. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Here, you ready for this? Gifts that change the world. First one is this, serving. Serving and helping. Oh, man, really? That's not flashy. That's not cool. You can't brag about that. That's the gift that God uses to change the world. Serving and, and helping people. The second gift that he, that he mentions is encouragement. You ever met somebody with the gift of encouragement? I love those people. Love them. And they're, they're, they're here to build you up, to breathe life into you, to speak truth over you, to, to, to encourage you, man. You, can, you think you're, you're, you're losing at life. This person comes in, all of a sudden you're winning and everything's great and you're, you're thankful. And I'm so grateful for the people, even in our church, that have the gift of encouragement. Like when I get down, I know that sermon was awful. And they're like, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. It's like, well, you are lying, but thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> you can't have all the gifts. <laughs> Encouragement is, is, is one. The third one, generosity and giving. This is not a rich gift, okay? So it's not some people have a ton of money. He says some people are just generous. Some people love to give. Small gifts, big gifts, they're just always looking at how to give and how to give up their time and give up their life and living their life open-handed and pouring themselves out. For some of you, that is a gift that you have, and God says use it. Use it. I've given you what you have in order to use that. Fourth one is mercy. 
Some people just have this gift of mercy that connects with people and you're compassionate and you, you, you're a good listener and, and you're a comforter and a friend and you, you have this, this gift of mercy and in in maybe in a counseling role or, or just, just in a friend-to-friend role. And man, I love, appreciate those gifts. Unsung gift, the gift of, of mercy. The, the last one in verse 13, he says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Do you know what hospitality is a gift? I know that doesn't seem very spiritual, but opening your home is a gift. Being hospitable with your life is a gift. I mean, reaching out and, 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 and living just an open life for people, that's a gift that you can exercise in your neighborhood, at, at work, with your friends and with your family. Even, even here, you can serve on teams if, you're, if your spiritual gift is, is that of, of hospitality. Everyone has a gift. Don't just get caught up in the big flashy ones. Use the gift that God has given you. The last gift is is this. This gift symbolizes the people in here that know they have a spiritual gift and they're using it faithfully every day. They know what their spiritual gift is. It may not be flashy. It may not be the gift that everybody else has. It may not be the gift that they wanted. But here's a person that that has a gift and says, I'm going to use my gift, whatever my spiritual gift is. And here's what happens. When, When you have a person that uses their spiritual gift in the setting of the local church to make Jesus' name famous, here's what it results in. You open that up every day and you're... another gift see Romans 6:23 says the consequences of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life when you use your gifts in the setting of the local church people meet Jesus they receive the gift of salvation and so you come back and you serve again you're like yeah I'm using my gift doggone right I am somebody just gave their life to Jesus let's go another gift see sometimes when you use your spiritual gift it makes other people say, well, maybe I have a gift. God can use that person. <laughs> he can definitely use me. And, and you using your gift, opening your gift, and using it in front of people says, well, maybe, maybe I have a gift. And other people begin to experience their spiritual gift, and they open that up, and they're using their gift for the very first time. And guess what happens? Another gift. See, when we use our spiritual gifts, it, it, it's reciprocal. It, it keeps changing people's lives. We keep being used by God. And, and no matter how many times you open it up, there's always a gift. A gift for someone else. A gift for you, someone else experiencing and using their gift for the very first time. Everyone has a gift, and the gift was given for the common good. These are the people, Paul says, the members of the body, the parts of the church, that every day they open the gift that God has given them and say, God, however you want to use it, whatever you want to do, use it. And constantly they see their gift being paid forward. They see their gift being rewrapped and reopened. And people experience life change through Jesus. So here's what I want to leave you with. Maybe you're here today and you're like, okay, for the very first time I realize I have a gift and I want to use it. So what is it? How do I figure that out? Six, six quick things. Ready? Jot these down. First thing I want to ask you to do is this. If you want to know what your gift is and you want to use it, just ask God. Just pray about it. Say, God, what is my gift? Crossing my fingers, it's not the spleen, man. I'm crossing my fingers. But if it is, I'll, I'll roll with it. What is my gift? 
and just ask God that, and, and maybe, he'll, maybe he'll share that with you. Another thing that I encourage people to do is this, just try something. You know, a lot of people, they don't know their gift, and so they're just going to stand on the sidelines until they get a huge sign from God, and like blinking lights, here's your gift. Like, just try something. Like, just get plugged in and try it, and you may not like it. And if you don't like it, then it's not your spiritual gift. Like, go downstairs and serve in our world. And you realize, I hate children. <laughs> not your gift. Do something else. Go to guest services and greet people. I don't like to talk to people. Not your gift. Okay, at least you tried. At least you did something. So just try something. Just get involved, man. Just start moving. Be a, be a part of the body. Just, just try something. Number three is live in community. Man, when you surround yourself with other Christians, here's what's going to happen. They're going to see your gifts and talents and abilities, and they're going to call it out of you. They're going to say, you know what I love about you? You've got a gift of hospitality. You, that's just who you are. You're so good at that. Or, man, you're so wise. Every time I've ever come to you, you've given great counsel. You've helped me tremendously. And they begin to identify these spiritual gifts that maybe you didn't even know you had, or maybe you were just kind of too humble about it, and you didn't want to say that this was a spiritual gift, and they begin to call that out of you, and you, you recognize those gifts. Number four, what gets you energized? What gets you excited? Maybe that's what God has put inside of you to use for his glory, the stuff that gets you excited. What are your interests or your passions? And oftentimes those are connected to the gifts that God has given you. And the, the, the final one is this. This may be the easiest place to start. Ask a simple question. Where is the need? Where's the need? I don't know what my gift is, but I just want to meet a need. My wife serves in kids ministry, one of the areas that she serves in. And I asked her, I was like, why do you serve in our world? And she said, because there's a need. I want to serve in a place where I can meet a need. It's not about just doing something I want to do or just filling in. I want a meeting. I want to go home and feel like I really met a need. And last week we had over 100 kids downstairs. Ah! There's a need. There's a need. So maybe it's, maybe it's jump in there and see what God has to do. But just, just ask. Just where's the need? Maybe that's your next step on the connection card. The, my next step is to ask, where's the need? Somebody will give you a ring and let you know what's next. Out of all of these verses that Paul shares, only a few of them talk specifically about the gifts. Only a few verses. The rest of the three chapters are all about, let me tell you why I gave you the gift. Let me tell you the purpose behind it. And here it is, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Get in the game. We want you on the team.